Maybe you guys know where that theme song's from, right? You can say it. It's from Indiana Jones, right? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. So, uh, Ricky, I've got a slide up here. I want you to see this. Now, now, does anybody know which episode this is from, Indiana, Indiana Jones? That's good. You're good. You're good. It's good. Anybody know wh- which one this is from? This is from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And if you know anything about the Indiana Jones movies, what happens in this movie, right, is, is uh, Indy, Harrison Ford, gets news that his dad, Sean Connery, uh, has been kidnapped. He's gone missing. And he's gone missing. He was on a very important uh, task. He was looking for the Holy Grail. And he has been kidnapped. And so he goes in search of his father. He finds out his father's been kidnapped by this really bad guy. And this really bad guy, to try to twist Indy's arm and try to make him find the Holy Grail, mortally wounds his father. Right? He, Sean Connery is now dying. And, and so, so what Indiana Jones has to do is he has to find the Holy Grail because the Holy Grail has healing properties, right? Has healing properties. And so he's got to work through all these booby traps. And he gets to this place. It's this great chasm. And, uh, and, and, and his clue basically says, take a leap of faith. Take a leap of faith. And, and he's looking and he's going, there's no way I can jump from here to there. There's nothing I can do. I can't, I can't run and physically fly that far. There's nothing I can do. And so finally, he, he, he begins to, he hears his dad who's dying, say, just believe, Andy, just believe. And so he closes his eyes. Let's see this next one. He sticks out his foot and, and he just falls. Of course, he doesn't actually fall very far. He ends up on this. See if we can see it. I don't, you can barely see it. What it is, is it's a bridge that is so camouflaged that it's completely invisible. And he walks across on this narrow bridge. He walks across on this narrow bridge. He gets the, the Holy Grail and, and his father is healed. Listen, in our text today in Luke 17, in Luke 17, 11 through 19, in our text today, there are ten lepers that are asked to take a very similar walk of faith so that they might be healed. And I want to talk about what that text means for us. If you don't mind, join me in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. Uh, God, you're good, and uh, your mercy endures forever. We pray right now that you would meet with us in a very special way. God, that you would speak to us as only you can. Um, Father, we're going to ask right now, and uh, we're going to ask that you would come and do what only you can in our midst. And Father, that is our prayer. Holy Spirit, we invite you in now to come be our counselor and to be our guide. Uh, We ask that you uh, would teach us the ways of Jesus. Jesus, be exalted in our midst and draw us unto yourself. It's in your name that we pray these things. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. It's good microphone stuff while we're praying, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm in Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. It says this, now, on his way to Jerusalem, remember that's where he's heading, Jesus has set his face there. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men stood... uh, Ten men who had leprosy met him. 
They stood at a distance, that's what they had to do, and they called out in a loud voice. In, in, the, in the Greek, it, it, it means like a megaphone. They, they, they shouted, they screamed, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. He thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Three things I'll share with you this morning out of the text. And here's the first. It's a big deal. I want you to know, friends, that some healings, okay, some healings only happen as we walk in faith. Some healings only happen as we walk in faith. Look at verse 14. It says, when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests and get this. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. This is, is an interesting text because it only appears here in Luke. It's original to his material. And, and we know that Luke, of course, is a physician. He's very interested in the healings of Jesus. If you've been with us uh, over the last year and a half plus, you know that. Let's see, in, in, in chapter 4, uh, he documents the healing of a demon-possessed man. Then, then it's the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Uh, way to go, Jesus. Then he healed um, people with all kinds of sickness, it says. That's just in chapter 4. In chapter 5, he healed a paralyzed man that was brought to him on a mat. In chapter 6, he healed the man with the withered hand. He did that on the Sabbath. In chapter 7, uh, he heals uh, the, the, the dead son of the widow of Nain. Uh, it, it, he wasn't even asked to do it. He was just walking along. The funeral procession came. He had compassion. And he went and raised the boy. He was never even asked to, to do such. Uh, then he healed my, many, the scriptures say. In chapter 8, uh, he healed a man that was possessed by several demons. So many so Jesus said, what is your name? And the demons collectively said, our name is Legion, because we are many. Uh, then he heals Jairus' daughter who had died. Then he heals the bleeding woman that sneaks through the crowd and grabs the, 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 the edge of his garment. In chapter 9, he heals uh, the boy, a boy that is an only child who is possessed by a demon. In chapter 13, he heals a crippled woman. And there's, there's more than just that. But in all these healings, I want you to see... Jesus is never confined to a single way of responding to the hurts of another. Jesus is never confined to just one way to be able to heal the hurts of another person. He's never confined to doing it one way. Let me explain what I mean. In some cases, Jesus heals uh, people and he does so without them even asking. Uh, that, that was the case in, in the widow of Nain. Nobody ever even requested that he raise this, this young man who happened to be uh, this, this lady's only son uh, from the dead. Nobody even asked him. He just does it, right? In, in some cases, Jesus heals people immediately upon their request. They come to Jesus and say, heal me, and he heals them immediately. Some people are healed uh, in Scripture, it seems, because of their friends that have great faith, that, that bring them to Jesus. Of course, we know that they had to have some faith as is, is well because they, they probably asked for it. And, and then there are those cases where Jesus chooses not to heal. Think, think about Paul, for instance. Paul, uh, Jesus actually loves him. He loves him deeply, but he says, I'm not going to remove this ailment from your life. 
I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you my grace and it'll be sufficient for you. It'll actually be better than what you're asking for. And then there's this case. This is an interesting case, right? Because here Jesus heals, but he doesn't do it immediately. Here Jesus sees ten lepers, and, and, and we've got to set the scene, right? So lepers were never allowed in a town. They were cast out of the town the moment that it was declared that they had leprosy. They were, they, they were decried as unclean. Often cases, uh, we know that they were forced to tie a bell around their neck so people could hear them while they walked. Nothing like feeling like a cow, right? And so here they are, and they've got leprosy. So what is leprosy? Some people think that leprosy is a disease where, where, where your, your fingers and your toes and things fall off, and they do, but But here's what we found out. What it really does is it affects the nerve endings in all your extremities. They die. They can't feel anything. And so you end up bumping and scraping. And and, and that leads to infection. And then those those pieces of the body rot and fall off. Literally kind of death by inches. It was a horrible disease. And so these men, there's ten of them, they're all unclean. They're probably living in what we would call a leper colony. They're they're living together. and, and, And they hear that Jesus is coming near. Now, they can't enter the town, and so Jesus is about to enter the town, and so they're probably standing on the other side of the road, and in this instance, they they decide, we're going to call out to Jesus, and and it says they cry in loud voices. In in Greek, it's it's like a a megas, uh, like a megaphone. He's just, please, Jesus, master. That's an interesting word, because that's the word that the disciples called him, of course. So they have some kind of belief that Jesus has an ability to to heal them, to, to help their situation. And, and they cry out to him, right? They cry out to him. But, but this story is different. He doesn't heal them immediately. Instead, he instructs them. And he says, I want you to go to the priest, and I want you to show uh, yourselves to the priest. And it's only after they, they head out, right? It's only after they head It says, as they go, as they went, as they, they do what he says, the healing happens. Amazingly, as they obey Christ, the healing occurs. Now, it's important to know, again, that doesn't mean that every healing is dependent upon obedience. We just talked about that, right? We've already, we've already looked at those situations. But what this text does teach us is this. Some healings only happen on the road. Some healings are only going to happen on the road as we walk in faith. You know, a lot of people end up in my office and they've got marital problems. And, and, and they want healing. They want their marriage healed. And, and typically the conversation goes a little something like this. The woman says, uh, Pastor, our, our marriage is hurting. I want it to be better. I say, okay, why don't you tell me what's going on? And so she, she kind of outlines her case, and then he goes and he kind of outlines his case. And, 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 and here's the heart of it. She uh, typically um, says something like this, Well, if he will do these things, then I will love and encourage and, and, and submit to his authority. So then, then if he'll do those things, then I'll respect him if he'll do this. And, 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 and he says, well, if she'll love me, <laughs> right, or if she'll respect me, then I'll love her. And, and, and both parties are equally wrong. What they're wanting to do is they want the healing before the obedience, right? And God's word, meanwhile, he says, no, listen, here's how marriage should go, right? Husbands, you've got to love your wives as Christ loves the church. Whether or not they're respecting you, you've still got to love them. And it says, wives, you've got to submit to your husbands uh, as unto the Lord, whether or not they're loving you rightly. Here's your job, right? It's, it's like lined out. And some people want healing apart from that. 
And many times I say to them, listen, the healing's not going to come in this relationship until you walk in obedience unto the Lord. You've got to go do the things that he has already told you to do. Sometimes, sometimes if you want healing, you've got to start walking. So we start there. Sometimes healing only comes as we walk in obedience. Number two, I want you to see this. According to our text, man, only Jesus can make us whole. Only Jesus can make us whole. So ten men are, are cleansed, right? That's what it says. It says ten men are, are cleansed, all right? But only one man is saved. So my, my passage didn't say saved, Pastor. What are you talking about? He says your faith has made you well at the end of that. That word in Greek is sozo. It is our word for saved. Ten men are cleansed, but only one man is is saved. Listen to the words of Jesus, uh, 17 and 18. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has, has saved you. So here's the question, here's what we need to ask. It's the same question Jesus asked. Why didn't the others return? Why didn't the others return? Why, why did only one man, what is so different about him? And I think you're going to be surprised by the answer. Okay, so all ten men had leprosy. Again, death by inches, horrible death. Um, Jesus is, is going into the village. Like I said, they're, they're crying out, Master, please have, have pity on us. And, 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 and so he does. He, he, he hears them, and uh, they, they know he's able to heal. He, he says, go and show yourself to the priest. That phrase in Greek, it means literally go prove to the priest that you've been cleansed. So it's, go, go show yourself the command. Go prove to the priest that you've been cleansed. Now, why is that important? Because the priest kind of acted as, as the, as the uh, I don't know what you want to call them, the health inspectors of the day. And so they had to go to the health inspectors of the day and prove that they were cleansed so that they could be returned to society. You see, the priest declared who was clean and who was unclean. And if you were unclean and you had leprosy, you, you, you were forced to move out of the village. You were forced to leave your family, to leave your job. You could no longer worship God. You couldn't go into the synagogue. And so you were completely separated from everything that you knew and loved. And, and, and so what has to happen here is these men have to go and prove to the priest that they have been cleansed. And then upon this, this investigation by the priest, which scholars say could take up to a week, that eventually these guys, if they said you had been cleansed, then you could be fully restored. You could go back to your family. You could go back to your friends. And, and most of all, you could go back to the temple and worship God. And that's what all of this is, is about. And it says, as, as they did this, right, uh, as they listened to Jesus and they went towards the priest, um, that they were cleansed. But one of them, one of them, as they went, see, they, they all saw as they walked that they were cleansed, but one of them saw something more than that. You said, why did, why did just one return? Because one saw something the others didn't see, right? All of them saw that they were cleansed, Right? And so they were headed to the priest because they saw that they had been cleansed. They were going to the priest so that they could be restored, so that they could be made whole. But, but look at the text. It, it, it says this. It says in verse 15, But one of them, when he saw he was healed. That's a different word. See, they all saw that they were cleansed. That's why they kept going to the priest. But one of them saw that he wasn't just cleansed, but he was already healed. 
One of them noticed that he had already been in the presence of the priest. And there was no need to go to the temple. He said, I have been in the presence of the priest. I am fully restored. I have been made whole. And so he returns. The other nine are headed to the priest so that what can be declared is, is, is basically what's already happened. Their thinking goes in line with how the whole system worked. You've got to show yourself to the priest to be restored. But one man saw what all the others missed. He realized he had already been in the presence of the priest. He recognized he didn't need a priest. He was already whole. And so he goes. He throws himself at the feet of Jesus. He thanks him and he praises him. Jesus, the one true priest. He worships him. Ten are cleansed. Only one is saved. Only one is saved. Last, share this with you. Lesson we learned from that. True worship happens at the feet of Jesus. True worship happens at the feet of Jesus. So we can't miss the details of the story. And, and, and by the way, this is a real account. This isn't a parable. A lot of times what, what Jesus does in life, um, we would like to take as a parable. This is a real event that really happens. And, and, and so we, we can't miss that it is the Samaritan that returns. It is the foreigner, Jesus says. It is the outcast. It's the marginal that finds something that everyone else misses. And what he finds is this. He figures out where God is. That, 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 that's why he saved. Okay, the, the Samaritan figured out where God is. The Samaritan figured out where one should worship. So ten lepers, right, uh, evidently the majority of them are Jews. We know at least one of them was a Samaritan. And Jesus says to him, what he says is actually kind of problematic because he says, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, the, the, the Jewish lepers would have either gone to Jerusalem, to the temple, or they could have even gone to a local synagogue, right? But that's a problem for the Samaritan because he couldn't go to either of those places. The Samaritan would have had to gone to Gerizim and to, to see a Samaritan priest, right? It, it brings kind of into mind the discussion that Jesus has with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Do you guys remember that? talking? The woman's talking with Jesus about where the Samaritans worship. Where do we go to worship God? Uh, Sir, the woman says, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, on, on, on Gerizim, but you Jews claim that the place that we have to worship is in Jerusalem. She's going, I, I, don't, I don't understand, because you, you guys say that God can only be worshipped there, but, and you don't let us there, and so we worship here, but you say that's not right. She's very confused, and Jesus is a woman. Jesus replies, believe me. A time is coming, and he'll say in verse 23, and has now come, when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. He says, true worshipers are going to worship me in, in spirit and in truth. And, and, and what Jesus is saying is that, that it's not going to be about a place. It's going to be about a position. It's not going to be about a place. It's going to be about a position. It's going to be about a realization that Jesus is the only one that we worship, right? That it is a, a Jesus is Savior, that Jesus is Messiah, that Jesus is the one that is opening the floodgates, so to speak, that we may all come in, that all who believe in Him might be saved. And so where do we go to worship? Do we go to that mountain or do we go to this mountain? And the answer is that it's not about a place, it's about our position at the feet of the one true Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, the temple pointed to Jesus, friends. 
The tabernacle in the Old Testament pointed to Jesus, friends. Every book in the Bible points to Jesus, friends. The one place we worship is at the feet of Jesus. Now, some may hear that and go, well, that's great, Pastor. I won't be in church next week. It's not about a place. I'm just, I'm just going to go wor- worship Jesus out, out in nature. Listen, I love nature too. I do. And I see so much of God's majesty out there. I just want to tell you, if, if you're one of those people, you're already trying to formulate that excuse. I want to tell you why that's not going to work. See, because I enjoy being in, na- in nature and I love seeing the majesty of God. But typically when I see it, it's for my enjoyment. It's for my enjoyment. I enjoy all that he's created. But when you gather in a place called a church, which is just a gathering of, of believers, something different happens here. One, one, one Bible says we're not supposed to forsake it, right? But, but this, is, this is what I'm going to say. I, I don't know of any other place that my pride is con- consistently confronted other than church. I don't, I don't know any other place. Because when we come to church, what happens is we come face to face with this fact. That we are not Lord. That we are not Savior. That we are not provider. But that everything that we have comes from this, this one named Jesus Christ. This one that made everything and that holds it all together. Through him, everything was made that has been made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. That life is the light of man. Colossians says that all things were made through him and by him and that he holds them all together. Acts says that salvation is found in no one else. You say, why do we come to church? We come to church so that we can be reminded that we are not the proud and mighty, but that we are still the sinners in desperate need of a Savior. We come to church because it reminds us not of a place, but of a proper position. And we get low. And we get low, okay? I'll give you some application. Application. We talk about true worship. First and foremost, here's my challenge to you this morning. I want to challenge you to take a walk of faith. Right? Okay? Take a walk of faith. Sometimes the healing that you are looking for is only going to happen on the road. Is that all the time? No, we've gone through that. We've talked about all the different ways that God heals. We've talked about the times that God chooses not to heal. He does that for his glory because he says it's better for our sake. right? But, but listen to me. Sometimes the healing is only going to come when you walk out in faith, when you step out in obedience to God. And, and so somebody says, well, pastor, what should I do? I, t- I would start walking. I would just start walking like, like the victory is yours. I would just start walking in the direction you feel like God is telling you to go. I would just start obeying what God's word says. I would just start walking in victory, expecting that to happen. And, and I would say this, if for some reason it doesn't happen, if God chooses not to bring the healing, then it's for your better anyway. It's still better for you to walk in obedience. Because if you don't get healing, at least you'll receive blessing. So I just say to you, take a walk of faith. We talk about this when we talk about prayer all the time, right? God answers prayer. and I mean, sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's later. But God always hears and answers prayer in one of those three ways. And so I said, it's the bottom of the ninth. There's two outs and you're the last guy up. Do you sit there with the bat on your shoulder and take three strikes? Or do you swing away, man? Swing away. Swing away. Take a walk of faith. Take a walk of faith. Sometimes... 
Sometimes healing only comes on the road. So take a walk of faith too. Return to Jesus. Return to Jesus. Listen, here's my fear. If I could just be honest. I fear that some of us today care more about the cleansing than we do about being saved. I think more of us today are seeking the blessing than we are the burden of being a slave to Jesus because of what he's done for us. But salvation comes when we indenture our lives to him because he has given his life for us. That's the only way we can be saved. When we exchange our life. And guys, I, 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 please don't get a big head. Look at Jesus and then look at yourself in the mirror. Right? It's not even a fair exchange. So stop acting like he's killing you. Oh my gosh, Jesus wants... Are you kidding me? Did, like, do you truly know you? Because I truly know me and he's getting the raw end of the deal. Right? He is getting the raw end of the deal. Because even when he says, follow me, he knows I'm not going to do that well. And yet he still says, Jason, follow me. Listen, what do you want more? What do you want more? You want salvation? You want blessing? Which one are you seeking? You want to serve him? You just want to feel good? It's a difference. It's a difference, right? It's a difference. Return back to Jesus. Return back to Jesus. You don't need anything else. You've already been made whole. You don't need anything else. What's the thing in your mind you've been thinking for the last few months, the last year? If I just had this, I'd be, I'd be happy. What is it? If I just had this, if I could just retire right now, we'd be good. If I could just do this, we'd be fine. I, I got mine. I've had it for months. I've known what it is. If I, if I just do this one thing, then I'm, we're going to be okay. This one thing, this is going to be it. Listen, that is not going to make you whole. It's not. You have been made whole. Stop walking that way. Return back to Jesus. Return back to Jesus, all right? Last, last, as you do, I just want to challenge you to fall at his feet. I want to challenge you to fall at his feet. Now listen, for some of you, this can only happen in spirit because physically this does not work anymore. Hey, listen, I ain't far off. I got you. Some of you, you're going to have to push that little button if you get down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have fallen and I am not getting back up. It's okay. You can do this in spirit. But I do want to ask this of those that are physically able. Let me just ask this question. In all honesty, when is the last time you fell on your face before the Lord? When is the last time you humbled your prideful self before Jesus? It's not about a place, it's about a posture. When is the last time you postured yourself at his feet in that kind of way and just said, I am so sorry, I am blowing it. You are worthy of all of my worship. Is that too personal? a lot of truth in the faces I'm seeing right now. If you're struggling to remember that last time, then friends, it's been too long.
It's been too long. I want to challenge you, especially those that are able, this week, sometime, would you find a private moment that you can get down on your face before the Lord? Some of you, some of you may not have ever done it, ever, in your life. You go, why, why would I ever get on my face? It's worship. That's why. It's humbling. That's why. Sniff that carpet. You may need to be clean. That may be why. That may be part of it. Maybe that's where your allergy has been so bad, right? No. It's humbling. It's about our position before Christ. It's about His exaltation. Guys, we spend too much of our life walking around, chest out, like we've got it all together. We don't spend nearly enough time bowing at the foot of the cross. All right, pray with me this morning. Father, thank you for loving us. Your word is good. Is good. Even when we don't like to hear it. Even when we don't like to hear it. Help us, Lord. Help us to not settle. Nine men on this day settled for physical cleansing. They settled for being restored to their earthly lives. And yet heaven was waiting. Heaven was waiting. It was just a few steps away. And they missed it. God, let us not be those people. Let us not be those people. Father, this morning, would you forgive us for how prideful we are? Some of us this morning have thought that we had it all together because we read our Bible this week and we prayed. Every time you version popped up on our phone, we read that one verse. We have been killing it, we thought. Yet today we've come face to face with this fact. We have a long, long, long way to go. Long way to go. Jesus, this morning, would you call us back to our proper position of worship? Please, 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 please. Let us walk in humility. your name we pray, amen. Amen. So we're going to have an invitation, and and I'm going to focus on that proper positioning. That'll be our focus. But I'm not leaving you out if you're one of those people that you have been praying and praying and praying for healing but you haven't been walking. I want to remind you this week, that's your challenge. This week, your challenge is to step out, to start walking in faith. Just believe God that the healing's going to happen. Just believe Him. And listen, if the healing doesn't happen, you're still obeying Scripture. There's blessing there. There's blessing there. Wisdom will come through it. Blessing will come through it, okay? But I want you to walk out in faith. Believe. Believe God a little bit. You might be shocked. He may have been waiting for you to walk in faith. Maybe that healing will come, okay? But this morning and this week, I, I, I think a lot of us are right here. We're at this place of realizing the true place of worship. The true place of worship. And, and it's just not when you walk through doors. Because you can come here and totally miss it. Right? You can come here and totally miss it. We can come here and sing songs. We can come here and hold a hymnal. We can come here and strum a guitar. But worship happens when we fall at the feet of Jesus. At the feet of the Savior, at the feet of the Messiah. And so our invitation this, this morning, we're going we're gonna to sing that song again. We fall down, right? Okay. I wonder this morning, will you? Will you? If, if you're not afraid, you can get comfortable here. You can get low wherever you can. You find a place you can get low. But if you don't do it here this morning, man, do it this week. Maybe in your closet. 
Maybe, 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 maybe how you roll out of bed this week. Right there. That's fine. That's fine. I challenge you. Get on your face before the Lord and just see what happens. Worship Him. Pray to Him. Praise His name. All right? Stand up with me. Father, um, we're going to stand now. And we're going to just um, submit ourselves to you. We're just going to respond as you lead. Just as you lead. Call us back to yourself. Whether that is a posture in our heart or it's a physical posture. Lord, let us worship you. This is where true worship happens. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to come as you feel led. Humble yourself. You can bow at a step. You can bow off to the wings. You can turn and bow in the pew where you are. I want to encourage you. Bow. Get low before the Lord. Worship him this morning. Let's do that together.